This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. In case you hadn't heard, this year our Fight Laugh Feast Conference is at the Ark Encounter in Kentucky on the politics of six-day creation. The politics of six-day creation is the difference between a fixed standard of justice and a careening standard of justice. The difference between the corrosive relativism that creates mobs and anarchy and the freedom of objectivity, truth, and due process. The politics of six-day creation establishes the authority and sufficiency of God's word for all of life. From what is a man or a woman when does human life begin and how is human society best organized come here ken ham pastor doug wilson dr ben merkel dr gordon wilson pastor toby and more and of course a live cross politics show mark your calendars for october 11th through the 14th as we fight laugh and feast with beer and psalms our amazing lineup of speakers our rowdy christian merch and a sabbath feast to wrap up the occasion Maybe an infant baptism while we're at it. We had to throw that in there. Again, visit fightlaughfeast.com to sign up today and get that early bird pricing. Now, let's get to the news and some serious subject matter today. Here's the title, Get the Hell Out of There. Ohio's Chemical Disaster Rages On. While the U.S. government is dispensing millions of dollars in resources to treat balloons as an existential crisis, a small town in Ohio finds itself engulfed in what actually looks like an apocalypse. Perhaps by design, all the drama surrounding violations of U.S. airspace by Chinese spy initiatives has done well to keep what is becoming one of the worst environmental disasters in recent memory from getting any headlines. The chaos began early last week when a train of more than 100 cars derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, near the state's border with Pennsylvania, with roughly 5,000 residents. The accident launched 50 of those 100 freight cars from the tracks. 20 of the freight cars on the train were carrying hazardous materials, 10 of which were derailed. While the accident had no fatalities of those 10 cars, five contained pressurized vinyl chloride a highly flammable carcinogenic gas. Tonight, pretty stunning video raising a lot of questions, especially for people in East Palestine, Ohio. As you can see, sparks and flames underneath this Norfolk Southern train, and this was 20 miles before it derailed. The derailment, as we all now know, sent dangerous chemicals into the air and forced thousands of people from their homes for days. Now the question is, when did the crew know that there was a problem? This video obtained by our news partners at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette was taken by a security camera at an equipment manufacturing plant in Salem, Ohio, some 20 miles from East Palestine. You can see what appear to be sparks or flames under one of the cars as it passes the plant. The NTSB referenced the video at a news conference earlier this week. We uh, have attained two videos which show preliminary indications of mechanical issues on one of the rail car axles. That second video came from a processing plant a mile down the track also in Salem. In front of that plant is a hot box detector which scans the temperature of the axles as the train passes and sounds an alert if they're overheated. The crew did receive an alarm from a wayside defect detector shortly before the derailment indicating a mechanical issue then an emergency brake application initiated. The NTSB says there was an alert, but it is not known if it came from the hot box detector in Salem or the next one down the track 20 miles away in East Palestine, 
where that derailment happened. And if the alert wasn't triggered when the train passed Salem, why not? I spoke today with a retired Norfolk Southern engineer, Scott Wilcox, who lives in Avonmore. How would that person know there was an issue? Generally speaking, after the length of the train has passed over the detector, it will tell you there are no problems found. The NTSB has obtained the train's data recorder and audio recordings. Those are being analyzed at an NTSB lab in Washington, D.C. Now, the agency is also checking whether all the detectors were working properly. If the detector in Salem was working and there was no issue, Wilcox says generally it will send a message saying no problem found. The NTSB is expected to release its preliminary findings within 30 days. In order to address the volatile scenario around the crash site, the Ohio Emergency Management Agency executed its plan of venting the toxic gas with a controlled burn in order to evade an uncontrolled explosion, which presented the risk of catastrophic damage. Within the last two hours, a drastic temperature change has taken place uh, in a rail car, and there is now the potential of a catastrophic tanker failure, which could cause an explosion with the potential of deadly shrapnel traveling up to a mile. That was from Governor Mike DeWine. He warned in a statement explaining the decision to take action to avert widespread devastation. However, that operation sent large plumes of smoke containing vinyl chloride, phosgen, hydrogen chloride, and other gases into the air as the flames from the controlled burn raged on for days. Phosgen, in particular, is a highly toxic gas that can cause vomiting and respiratory trouble. The toxicity of phosgen gas is so potent that it was previously used as a chemical weapon during the First World War. We now know three more chemicals that were on board the Norfolk Southern train that derailed here in East Palestine just over a week ago. And we're being told that some of those chemicals are dangerous. We basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency sent a letter to Norfolk Southern stating that ethylene glycol monobutyl ether acrylate and isobutylene were also in the rail cars that were derailed, breached, or on fire. Caggiano says acrylate is especially worrisome. He says it's a carcinogen and contact with it can cause burning and irritation in the skin and eyes. Breathing it in can irritate the nose, throat, and cause coughing and shortness of breath. Isobutylene is also known to cause dizziness and drowsiness when inhaled. I was kind of surprised that when they quickly told the people they can go back home, but then said if they feel like they want their uh, their homes tested, uh, they can have them tested. I, I would have far rather they did all the testing. Caggiano says it's possible some of these chemicals could still be present in homes and on objects until you clean them thoroughly. Oh, there's a lot of what ifs, and we're going to be looking at this thing 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line and wondering, gee, cancer clusters could pop up, you know, well water could go bad. Kajiano recommends anyone who's in the East Palestine area get a health checkup. He says get a record of where your health stands now so that moving forward you have documentation of any possibly related effects to the train derailment. The hazardous airborne chemicals prompted officials to issue mandatory evacuation and shelter-in-place orders within a one-mile radius of where the train derailed. Those orders forced nearly 2,000 residents of East Palestine out of their homes. Despite the public safety risk in proximity to the crash site, over 500 people within the parameters of the evacuation order refused to leave their homes. 
However, those orders were lifted on February 8th, allowing residents to return to the area adjacent to the disaster. Dead fish are being pulled from rivers outside East Palestine, Ohio. The trucks doing the work are labeled EnviroScience, an Ohio-based company that provides, quote, time-sensitive solutions to environmental challenges. At the area, well and groundwater are safe. However, after this couple saw dead fish in this creek that you're looking at, they're deciding to not take any chances. Oh, there was hundreds. Russell Murphy is referring to the fish now belly up in Leslie Run. He and his wife noticed them last night, barely 48 hours after the fiery derailment five miles away. This is huge, huge environmental effects. That's now one of many concerns the EPA now faces. The impact of the fish, yes, there was a, a impact to those. However, the levels as we have seen it are protective to groundwater. We are aware there are some wells along that for residential wells. Environmental cleanup crews were at and actually in that water today. So are these booms, which are used to catch and stop anything that shouldn't be flowing here. Or into water wells, which Murphy uses for just about everything. Amanda Brashears found her chickens dead 10 miles from East Palestine. And even though North Lima is about 10 miles away from East Palestine, Amanda Brashear says when she went to let her dog out last night at about 10 o'clock, the smell made her eyes water. And she also believes it could be why her chickens are now dead. So I walked up to the cage and this this is what I found. Amanda Brashears was going to feed her five hens and rooster this morning when she discovered them all lifeless, practically in the same position with no signs of a predator entering their enclosure. I'm beyond upset and quite panicked because this, they may be just chickens, but they're family. Brashear says her chickens were alive and well yesterday. She believes the smell following the detonation of the train carrying chemicals that derailed in East Palestine is to blame for her bird's sudden death. My video camera footage shows my chickens were perfectly fine before they started this burn. And as soon as they started the burn, my chickens slowed down and they died. If it can do this to chickens in one night, imagine what it's going to do to us in 20 years. Officials have said that the smell wasn't toxic or dangerous. Holzer's concerns were echoed by reports from other residents who described similar conditions near their own properties. One of those residents was Caitlin Schwarzwelder, the operator of a local dog kennel in nearby Darlington, Pennsylvania. The catastrophe caused her to leave her home despite the fact that it lies more than 10 miles away from the site of the controlled burn. After fleeing to Boardman, Ohio, 15 miles away from the derailment, Schwarzwelder stated she received multiple reports of dead chickens, fish, and other animals from friends and acquaintances. One affected resident told Schwarzwelder that they let their two-year-old dog out to use the bathroom only for it to never return. When they embarked upon a search for their missing pet, they found it dead in their yard. Testimony from Holzer. Schwarzwolder and others paints a drastically different picture than the official narrative tailored by officials who assured residents that the situation was under control. The poor air quality presents short and long-term health risks to the public considering the carcinogenic effects of the chemicals. Carcinogens like vinyl chloride can cause cancer in organs including the liver. That according to Kevin Christ, a professor of chemical and biomolecular engineering who also serves as the director of Ohio University's Air Quality Center. 
The magnitude of this story has been seemingly scrubbed from the public view as national media outlets continue to run sensationalist headlines about issues that look innocuous in comparison. It is an instance of history being rewritten in real time, setting a precedent that would allow victims of other widespread devastation to be swept under the rug. However, the scenes of the horror engulfing this small town in America's heartland may prove to make this disaster impossible to ignore rightfully putting the spotlight on the shortcomings of state and federal agencies tasked with emergency response management, whose continued lack of accountability enables them to fail the American public time and time again. Before I move on, I want to remind everyone that the federal government isn't who we should be relying on. All their authority was granted by our Creator. It's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who our faith must lie upon. So we take our prayer requests about Ohio to our Lord. Are you subscribed to our cross-politic email list? If you're not, you really should be. Being a subscribed to our email list means you won't miss any updates about cross-politic or the Fight, Laugh, East network. You'll hear about what's on the schedule for the week, live events, conference updates, routed Christian merch updates, updates from shows within the Fight, Laugh, East network. And you'll hear from sponsors on the show as they seek to take dominion for God's kingdom in the business world. To subscribe, simply enter your email address at the bottom of the page at fightlaughfeast.com. Again, that's fightlaughfeast.com. Moving on, U.S. to sell 26 million more barrels from Strategic Oil Reserve. The Biden administration plans to sell more crude oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, fulfilling budget directives mandated years ago that it had sought to stop as oil prices have stabilized. The congressionally mandated sale will amount to 26 million barrels of crude, according to people familiar with the matter. The sale is in accordance with a budget mandate enacted in 2015 for the current fiscal year, said a spokesperson for the Department of Energy. The Energy Department has sought to stop some of the sales required by the 2015 legislation so that it can refill the emergency reserve, which currently has about 371 million barrels. After this latest release, the reserve will dip to about 345 million. Biden officials decided last year to tap 180 million barrels from the strategic reserve in an effort to ease supply issues after Russia invaded Ukraine. Ukraine upending global oil flows and sending crude above $100 a barrel. Some Republicans have criticized the Biden administration for that drawdown, which was the biggest release ever and helped drain the SPR to its lowest level since 1983. Critics admonished the move as a political stunt intended to combat rising gasoline prices out of midterm elections. Biden officials have since spoken with energy companies about purchasing oil to refill the SPR when prices approach $70 a barrel. The latest release comes after Russia unveiled plans to curtail production by half a million barrels a day next month to retaliate against sanctions. Russia's move, which was downplayed by the European Union, follows China's rapid economic reopening with the scrapping of COVID-19 restrictions. The SPR release may give pause to the OPEC Plus alliance, which earlier said that global oil markets will remain balanced. So how did the market react to this? The U.S. House last month passed legislation meant to curb the energy secretary's ability to use the reserve unless the government increases the amount of federal lands available for gas oil gas and oil drilling, that is. Other congressionally required releases, about 140 million barrels slated for fiscal years 2024 through 2027 were canceled at the Energy Department's behest after lawmakers in December approved a provision in in a giant spending bill. West Texas Intermediate, the U.S. benchmark for crude, fell 1% to trade near $79 a barrel after the announcement of more barrels. 
Elsewhere, suspect in Michigan State University shooting found dead from self-inflicted gunshot. At least three people killed. The suspect in the Michigan State University shooting was found dead off campus late Monday night from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. MSU Police Interim Deputy Chief Chris Roseman said there is no longer a threat on campus and the, and the shelter in place has been lifted. Police had earlier described the suspect as a black male, shorter in stature, red shoes, jean jacket, wearing a baseball cap that is navy with a lighter brim. Roseman said the deceased individual matched the description of the suspect but did not reveal the suspect's identity. During a press conference late Monday night, Roseman said three people had been killed and five had been hospitalized. The victims had some in critical condition. They were transported to Sparrow Hospital. Police responded to reports of an active shooting at Michigan State University in East Lansing Monday night, and students were ordered to shelter in place. The incident took place at 8.18 p.m. inside Berkey Hall, the location of MSU's Department of Sociology on the northern boundary of the campus. The shelter-in-place order went out at 8.31 p.m., telling students to stay inside and barricade themselves. Run, hide, Fight. Run means evacuate away from danger if you can do so safely. Hide means to secure in place. And fight means to protect yourself if no other option, Michigan State said in an alert. According to the authorities, the suspect walked to the MSU Union approximately 19 minutes away from the initial shooting site and opened fire. Hundreds of officers from the FBI, ATF, Michigan State Police, and other agencies are still assisting on campus. All campus activities had been canceled for 48 hours, and authorities have asked people not to come to the campus. That was on Tuesday. So, folks, our prayers go out to Ohio and as well to Michigan State University. That, that was some heavy stuff. So now how about this? This is the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. After all, let's end on this man-facing jail over theft of almost 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. A chocolate thief is facing jail after admitting he stole almost 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs in a heist worth more than 31,000 pounds. Joby Poole, age 32, dubbed the Easter Bunny by police, used a stolen lorry cab, this is off in England obviously, to make off with chocolate after breaking into a Telford industrial unit with a metal grinder on Saturday. He is expected to be jailed for about two years next month after pleading guilty to theft and criminal damage. Opening the facts of the case on Tuesday, Prosecutor Owen Beale told Kids, Kid Minister Magistrate's Court, quote, I don't know if you have seen the news recently. There was a load that was stolen and on a trailer that was Cadbury's products, a large number of cream eggs. Eggs. He said Poole, a self-employed ground worker, used a tractor unit that had been stolen in the Yorkshire area in October to tow away the trailer full of chocolate, which was then driven away, eventually reaching the northbound M42. Poole was spotted by police and gave up at Junction 11 and walked towards the police with his hands up. He was arrested and the load was recovered. This clearly wasn't spur-of-the-moment offending, if I can put it like that, because he had taken him had taken it with a tractor unit. He had to know that there was a load in there in the first place. That was according to Beale. Magistrates were told Poole from West Yorkshire was previously convicted of theft, handling stolen goods, and driving while being disqualified in 2019. Beale said this is clearly an organized criminal matter. You don't just happen to learn about a trailer with that kind of value being available. Defense solicitor John McMillan told the court that Poole understood a substantial sentence 
likely. In a series of tweets on Monday, West Mercia police described the incident as an extravagant theft of a chocolate collection box. Shortly after the theft of a vehicle, presumably purporting to be the Easter Bunny, was stopped northbound on M42, a man was arrested on suspicion of theft, they said. Poole will be sentenced at Shrewsbury Shrewsbury Crown Court, that is, on March 14th. Folks, this has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership, a magazine subscription, or the Ark Encounter, head over to thefightlaughfeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our corporate partnerships, or if you want to come to the Ark Encounter and ask about have any questions about it, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross-Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.